All right, all right. Anybody have anything you want to share? Any, any testimony? Anything you want to give away? Any truth? He is a deliverer, ain't he? Bringing us through, refining us, refining us. He's always at work. He's always at work. Thank God for that. Amen. He is always at work. Uh huh. And um, I got up. I pulled up on campus at five o'clock that morning. Yeah. Had to run in my office and do something real quick. And as I was opening the door, I noticed an email come through with the virtual links to this meeting we were told to go to. Oh boy. Wasn't supposed to be virtual. I took a deep breath. Yeah. And so I responded to, so now we have virtual links now that we've paid to go to Gulfport and all this. And first I heard of it too. So there was one time I could have showed out, but I refrained. So I went on about my business knowing I was fixing to drive to Gulfport. And so I go over there and I go to crank the van. And of course, nobody's on campus and the cop is right that early, yeah. at me like, what am I doing? Yeah. And, um, He's got his eye on you. All I heard was <laughs> click, click, click. Oh, man. Was, Battery. You got to be joking me. <laughs> yeah. And I just laughed and I thought, okay. So I just went and got She said, I'm going to love life and see good days. Amen. Amen. So I get to Lisa, and Lisa's like, come on, we're going anyway. We're going to enjoy the ride down there and do what we're supposed to do. And so we did. And we How many of y'all? Well, the men backed out after the virtual links came in. So it was just Lisa and me. So we did, got down there. So we drove. I don't even know how long we drove. Three hours. Yeah. Meeting took an hour. Uh. And then we drove three hours back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm so thankful for all those things we talked about Wednesday night. Yeah. I really could have shown Yeah, let it take an advantage of it. Yeah. could have shown another side. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the sweetness of, as, as Peter was reminding us out of Psalm 34, that if we want to love life and see good days, we don't want to be a burden. We want to be a what? A blessing, a blessing. When you, if you're a burden to an already burdened situation, you're not going to get a blessing out of that. And so we want to be a we want to be a blessing. Not all things uh, are good. I mean, because he throws that in there uh, about if you get reviled, if they speak evil of you, don't return that. Right? Don't 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 return to the circumstances with the circumstances given to you. If you want to bless it and see good days and love uh, the opportunity of being a blessing in life, you have to realize I, I inherit that when I am a blessing and not a burden. So what a gift, what a gift, what a gift that is for us. And if you look in Psalm 34, look in Psalm 34, because that's where Peter, uh, by the guidance of the Lord, what he took captive. Psalm 34 is one of those that help us recognize, okay, how, how can this be? How, how do I, how can I, what are some of the foundational things 
that would help me, no matter the circumstances or the situations, reflect upon and think about. Now, this is not stuff that we want to just add to our life. We want this to be the foundation that we stand on. Are you with me? And that, that's with everything God says. That's why when we look at Genesis, for an example, in Genesis 1, this is not something we tack on to everything else in life. No, this is the foundation that we stand upon. Everything we stand upon this. Because every issue and every detail and every circumstances is either directly or indirectly dealt with in the first 12 chapters of, G of Genesis. And we want to stand on that foundation of we've got a, we've got a creator who delivers us, as Pam said, man, he saves us day by day. He delivers us day by day. He's sanctifying us day by day. But Psalm 34, watch what he says here. Um, right off the bat, we've got to settle this. Remember, he starts off the song, because remember, he, these things are in him. These things are in him. Remember what Psalm 45 the psalmist said, there's a good theme overflowing out of my heart. And he wanted to write about it. He said, my tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. I'm ready to speak these things. And he wants to declare this. So to declare this, he's already up front telling you uh, what, he, what he has to do to be able to find himself in this position. And he can do this based on everything else he's going to tell us. So Psalm 1, 30, uh, 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord sometimes. Okay. As Janet was pointing out, that circumstance was not a situation that was blessing you. But you see, the Lord is your blesser. Amen. The circumstances don't have to bless you. Who's blessing you? So I'll return blessing unto him. Amen. Amen. Because he's going to tell us, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it. That is uh, the boasting of the praise and the blessing. And the humble shall be what? Glad. And then... The invitation for others to come join us. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, that's just a great covenant way of thinking to adopt this like a creed in our life. A creed in the sense that I'm making a commitment. I am going to what? Bless the Lord. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to boast in him. And when I hear praise and I hear boasting and I hear the blessing of the Lord, I want to be glad when I hear it and I want to rejoice before the Lord and I want to invite other people to come magnify him with me. Amen. Now, circumstances are not always going to be conducive to doing this. That's why, look, look in verse number 17, 17. The righteous do what? Janet said, I had to cry out. I had to ask God. Thank you, Lord, for speaking into me this week. 
And the Lord does what? Okay. So when the circumstances are not good, you know you got a good blesser watching you and helping you, sustaining you. And he's worth blessing even when the circumstances are bad, right? Why? He hears you. Not only does he hear you, but he what? Sees you. Not only does he see you, he knows what you're going through. He can relate to you because he's been put in those situations before. He's a high priest that feels what we feel, that has been dealt with the way we've been dealt with, and he delivers them out of all their troubles. Now notice what it didn't say. He delivers them from trouble. He didn't say that, did he? What does he deliver them what? Out of. That meant you had to go what? You had to go into some trouble. You had to deal with some trouble and things. Verse 18. The Lord is near to those who have a, a depleted, broken heart. That is, they're not dependent on themselves. Their heart is broken. It's poured out before the Lord. And Pam, he saves such as has a contrite spirit. The idea of contrite spirit is a deflated spirit that I, I can't do this without you, God. I need your help. I need you to fill me up. Because if I'm filled up with me, I'm going to lash out. People are going to see the wrong side of Janet. People are going to see the wrong side of Shannon. People are going to see the wrong side of Nick. We was talking about it before we start. I, I often pray, Lord, don't let anybody get to pull a bad part out of me. And if they do, it, it wasn't them that pulled it out. I let it out. Are you with me? The enemy can't steal your joy, but you can sure give it to him. He can't steal it, as Jesus teaches, but you can what? Turn it over to him. Amen. Just like with Adam and Eve in the garden, like we're reading right now. He couldn't steal that from them, but they could what? Yield it over to him. Yeah. They could yield it over to him. So he says, the Lord is near, verse 19. Many are the afflictions, the troubles, the trials, the difficulties of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of our through them all, he guards all his bones. Not one of them is. Now, who are we talking about now? Jesus. That's right. Jesus went through the things you went, you go through. He was attacked like you're going to be attacked. Situations didn't always work out the way that was conducive to him walking in faith, but he never got his eye off his father. He kept what? Blessing him, praising him, and magnifying him. And when the humble see it and hear it, they rejoice with him. And that is what we are being conformed to. So when you think about that, remember, this is not things we tack on to our everyday living. No, we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and what? Follow him into his way of living, and as a result, we stand on that foundation. Jesus said, who is a man that built his house upon the rock? It is him who hears and obeys me. Anything else is like building your life on sinking sand. So building on the rock is saying, I hear him, I trust him, I obey him, I'm going to walk with him. Look, look if you would in uh, verse number four. Go back to verse number four. Now, you got to take all this. Remember, the foundation of all these things are what we're reading about in Genesis right now. The foundation of the fact that, hey, Genesis is just not biblical history. G Genesis 
is the history of God's dealing with humanity, humanity's history, where everything began with man, where time began, where everything began, and that's the foundation that we build everything upon, that our God created it, and he created it to fill it. And what he feels, he wants to be fruitful. Just like he created us, to, and he recreated us in Christ to what? Fill us with himself. That we be fruitful and multiply and give him glory. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5, they looked to him and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out to the Lord and God what? Heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. That's why he's saying, I'm a blessing, I'm a praising, I'm a boast in him. You come magnify him with me. And this is in, in what he's doing. He's inviting you to see what God has done. Notice what verse 7 says. When that van would not crank, the angel of the Lord does what around those that fear the Lord? Man, when that thing was going click, 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 click. The scripture says, the angel of the Lord has encamped about those that fear him and trust him. Amen. Amen. You ain't in there by yourself, are you? You're not going to go through this by yourself. He says, those who fear him and delivers them. He brings them through. Verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Bless is the man who trusts in him. Come on in. Come on in, Trevor. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Trevor, Trevor, good to see you, man. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Verse 9, Oh, fear the Lord, O you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Yes, young lions... They may lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Praise God. Amen. Now, the good thing, as we've said before, the good thing can be what? A hard thing. That's right. The trouble is a hard thing. But you see, when you're blessing, praising, and boasting, and magnifying, the hard thing is actually a good thing. That is being used by God to deliver his people through and bless others around you at the same time. He says in verse 11, come you children, come. That's what we talked about Wednesday night, Janet. Come you children and listen to me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and love many days that he may see good? Who is that man? Who is that person? Well, he's going to tell you, let him keep his tongue from what? Speaking that which is of no value. Speaking that which is polluted, that which has no life in it. Speaking that which is evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it in the midst of it you could know that the eyes of the Lord are upon who? The righteous in his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do things their way to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. So when things don't work out for you, 
and they not don't seem like they're falling in place the way they should, like you get a an email that says you didn't have to go down there, but you're going down there. You didn't have to go for a three-hour journey for a one-hour meeting, a six-hour day on the road for a one-hour meeting. You could have done it virtually, as you said, but you didn't know that, and it comes in at the last minute. All those things can be what? Uh, that, man, they can just frustrate you if you allow it. If you allow it. At the same time, you can bless Praise and magnify. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Bless, praise, and magnify the Lord in the midst of it. Why? Because not only is the eyes of the Lord upon the righteous, but those that fear him, what? He surrounds them. You're never in it by yourself. Amen. And is God using it? Does he work everything together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose? Yes. So see, we, we, we stand on that foundation. We hear it, we trust it, we believe it, and we say, look, let God be true and let every man be a liar, and I'm going to look unto the Lord. Amen? And, uh, and that's a fight worth fighting for. So when we look at Genesis in our time as you're reading through it, of course, we're up to chapter number two, uh, but you want to look at it from the perspective of, okay, this is, this is our history. This is the history of man. This is the history of God making himself known to us. God giving us revelation of who he is, who we are, what happened to us. Why did it happen to us? What is God's solution for what happened to us? And how did we come about as, as humans? How did we come about as different people groups? Why are these animals out there. Are we different than the animals? Yeah. Oh, yes, we are. No animal was created in the image of God, but man was created in the image of God. Amen. You take, for an example, while David said that he was fearfully and wonderfully routed in the womb. You know, when you take DNA from a mom and a dad and that becomes its own individual DNA within that womb, you get no more DNA DNA doesn't increase in your life. It's at, at conception. You are who you are. Amen. From the time that God allowed that egg to be fertilized and that DNA was taken from a dad and a mom to become its own individual DNA, DNA doesn't increase in a person. All the data and information and every marker whatsoever of DNA is in you at conception. You are who you are, amen. Now, who made you that way? God did. And you didn't come from no apes, amen. Amen. No, see, this is our history. This is mankind's history. The problem is, is that we live in a society that takes man's word over God's word. And that's the only two words you got, man's word or God's word. And depending on what foundation you stand on to depend on how you see man and how you see life and how you see God. So you got to stand on the right foundation. If you get off the foundation, then everything starts to crumble underneath it. So we stand on the word of God. Amen. 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 Anybody else have anything before we uh, 
jump into our service and sing some praises to the king. Hadley, you got anything? Palmer? She's awake. Huh? Uh, we live in a, uh, a corrupt world that has, has fallen. And that's why uh, we, we see miscarriages. And that's why there are wombs that are closed. And why there are defects and malfunctions and, and, uh, and those things. Because of uh, the cascading effects of sin through time. But because man is, is fallen in a fallen world and the creation itself groans for the revelation of the son of God and those that have the spirit groan for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, man we can't help but praise him for uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth amen and we stand on that and believe that boy what a difference it makes and everything else we look at in life everything everything is going to determine on how you take those first few words in the book of Genesis will determine how you see everything else in life, how I see everything in life through his eyes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Help us with this. Teach us today and that we celebrate before you. Thank you for our time. Thank you for the day that you've laid before us. Thank you for the opportunity to gather with the people of God, your family, our family. And I pray we lift our voices to you that we open up your book, that we seek your face. And most importantly, you meet with us, teach us, guide us, shepherd us, fill us, and use us the way you see fit. And we're going to praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all. Do you